Oh, Red Rocks Church, how we doing? Oh, stop, stop. Nuh-uh. Yes. Yes. That's it? <laughs> hey, welcome. We are glad to have you. Welcome to uh, Red Rocks Church. Uh, I'm, my name's JB. I'm one of the guys on the team here. I get the distinct honor an absolute privilege to uh, be the campus pastor at our Lakewood campus. Lakewood, I want to say what's up to you guys. I'm telling you right now, I know. I know that you guys are getting crazy and rowdy. What's up, Lakewood? What's up, Arvada? We want to say hi, of course, to our Evergreen campus. Uh, we want to say hello, Littleton. How we doing, Littleton? We doing good? Good. Hey, we want to say hi to all the way across the pond, Brussels, Belgium, all of you joining us online, and then, of course... I mean, come on, we, I, I want to see how loud our campuses can get when we welcome the men and win, women of God Behind Bars. We'll say hello to you. Thank you so much. It's an honor. It's an honor. Hey, I, I, love, I love this moment. I love the times that I get um, the opportunity to speak. Um, I, I don't take these moments lightly. Um, I understand that sort of the magnitude of this moment right here. And so um, whenever I get this opportunity, I, I always, you know, it's, it's like one of those moments where I go, man, I really want to spend some time in prayer. Like I really want to, want to make sure that my heart's right and everything's ready to go. And, and I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm prepared for what, what God wants to say. And so, uh, you know, I, I came in here, I came into the auditorium this week, and, and uh, I got out my, my phone, and I got my worship playlist ready. And I plugged in my, my headphones, and I put them in my ears, and I took my phone, and uh, I put it in my Live Free sweatshirt, all right? That's a whole nother story right there. But I put it in my Live Free sweat, sweatshirt, and I started praying. And I just started pacing the aisles, and I was having one of those moments. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. You've had one of these moments, right, where you're like, God, I just need to hear from you. God, I need you to show up in this moment. God, I'm a little fearful. I'm a little anxious. God, I just want to know that this moment's for you, and, and, and it's all about you, and I, I want to give you this time, God. And I just, God, I need to hear from you in this moment, God. I need to hear from you. And right then my phone buzzed. And I pulled my phone out, and on the screen which you can't see now, right now because I got notifications, but on the screen was the verse. I took a picture of it. Hold on, let me get rid of these notifications real quick, okay? Guys, I'm not very tech savvy. Hold on. What's my password? Okay, there it is. Okay. Joshua 1.9 on my phone. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know why it's going to be a great week in a church? Because God texted me. That's why. That's how I know. So I'm ready. Hey, can I just take a moment? Can we just pray and uh, give this moment to God? God, I just, I'm so grateful for my church family. God, I'm thankful for every single person that's walked through these doors. And God, what you're up to and what you're doing. The reality is, God, I know for a whole bunch of us right now that this moment that we're about to have with you, God, I'm believing for some of us, God, this is going to be a miraculous moment in our lives. I believe there's people that have walked through our doors and they said even before they came to this place, God, I'm going to give you one last shot, one last opportunity to show up in my life. And I'm believing it's going to be this weekend that you're going to show up. That you're going to move and you're going to do something, God. And so we give you this moment. We give you this time. In your precious name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. 
We've been in a teaching series uh, that we've called Live Free. We've been in this now for a few weeks. And, and it's really a series that we've been talking about. What does it ultimately mean for you and I to find freedom, to live free? And we've pulled it out of this verse out of Galatians, Galatians 5.1. And, and the whole premise of this is that, man, if we can figure this out in 2018, if we can get this right, man, what God is going to do in us and through us this year is going to be unstoppable. And so it is this verse, and we'll put it up here on the screens. It says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set you and I free. Stand firm. And I've seen and I've heard and I've listened to the stories of people, of of sort of the miraculous work that God has been doing in the lives of of those in our church. Uh, I've, I've heard about what's been going on and what's been happening. And in week one, Sean kicked us off. And, and Sean asked us as, as a church to, to come together and, hey, we're going to write down. Let, let's write down the things that we want to be set free from in 2018. And, and we did this together. We wrote things like we want to be set free from pain, from addiction, from, from fear, from needing the approval of other people. And we've seen God move. And we've seen people being set free. But I've also had some conversations with uh, people within our church, and the conversations have gone a little bit like this. It's, JB, we, we believe and we're trusting and we're putting our hope in God, but it seems like God isn't showing up and maybe answering the cries and the prayers of our hearts. We're, we're not quite seeing the response that we were hoping for. It, it almost feels like we're, 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 we're trusting, we're believing, we're hoping, but God has us in this sort of this, this holding pattern right now. What, what, what do we do with those moments when it feels like God has us in, in sort of a holding pattern or it feels like we're waiting on God? You see, wh- whether you've put your hope and trust in God or not, every single one of us are going to have seasons in our life where we're going to feel like we're waiting on God, where it feels like we're in a holding pattern. Now, I don't know where you're at and what season of life you're in. You may be in a season right now where you go, hey, that's not me. I, I don't feel like I'm waiting on God for something. I'm not in a holding pattern with God. And, and I would just say this to you, that you need to take this message and tuck it away and just kind of hold on to it. Because the reality is that none of us are exempt from waiting on God. We will have a season in our life where we will be holding and waiting for God to show up and do something in our lives. And so what do we do with that? What do we do in those seasons where it feels like we're on hold with God? Are these just moments and seasons that we just have to try to get through and endure? Or is there freedom to be found in our waiting? Can we live free in the waiting? If you're taking notes, I'm titling the message today, Freedom in the Waiting. Now, come on, you guys. Let's be honest right now. Nobody likes to wait. Nobody likes delays, okay? Maybe it's just me, but I am an impatient person. I do not like delays. I mean, if you have ever taken your kids to Disneyland in July when it's 100 degrees and stood in line, you will see the best and the worst of humanity in that moment, right? (laughs) I have never heard in my lifetime someone go, man, I'm so excited for today. I get to go to the DMV. (laughs) Nobody. 
You, you, you travel and you, know, you finally get to your destination, you get off the plane, and as you're walking, what's the thing that comes in your mind? Where are you headed to? Baggage claim, right? You just know, you're like, man, baggage claim, how long is it going to take? You don't want to go there and stand and wait. I, I had the opportunity to travel with some of the, the guys on, on the staff here. We, we ended up going somewhere and, and we hit the ground and we literally waited over an hour at baggage claim. Just standing there waiting, an hour. Now, ladies, you got to help me out with this one, okay? I, I don't know what it is and why we cannot figure this one out. But no matter what event you go to, whether it's a sporting event, whether it's church, like it doesn't matter, there is always the longest line for the women's restroom. I don't understand it. Like why can't we just build bigger bathrooms for the ladies, right? My goodness. I mean, nobody likes to wait. Nobody likes to have delays in life, right? Nobody likes the feeling of, that, that somebody else is impeding on our progress. Like, we don't have control. We can't get where we want to go. And isn't that true when it comes to us and our relationship with God? I mean, aren't, aren't there seasons that we have with God where we're going, God, I've, I've been praying and praying and praying for this, and I'm waiting on you. God, when are you going to show up and get real involved in, in our situation? God, we've been praying for this for years. God, where are you? God, when are you going to show up? God, I've been praying for a job, God, and, and we're waiting on you, and I'm waiting on you. And I, when are you going to show up? God, I've been, I've been single for a long time, and I've been trusting and believing in you, and I've been praying, and I'm waiting on you, God, to show up. God, this addiction has gone on for so long, I, I don't even know what it feels like to be free from that. I don't even know what it feels like not to be addicted. God, when are you going to show up? I'm waiting on you, God. God, we want more than anything to, to start a family. And we've been praying and believing that we're able to start a family, God, and it hasn't happened. Come on, God. How much longer? How long do we have to wait? God, we've been praying for a miracle. We've been praying for healing. Come on, God. When you're showing up. And the more we pray and the longer that we wait on God, the more uh, frustrated and anxious and lonely that we become. Right? There, there's moments that the, the, the longer that we wait on God, it seems like all of a sudden our hopes and our dreams seem to be fading away. And the prayers and the cries of our heart seem to be leaving with it. And God becomes more and more and more distant. And then we start asking the question, why? Why God? And then we start pleading like, like David did, right, in, in the Psalms. How long? How long, Lord? How long? Are you going to forget me forever? How long, God? We've been believing and praying. We've been putting our hope and our trust in you for this. God, how long? We need you to show up. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? 
You see, you might feel that God has forgotten you or found you undeserving of your dream. Maybe you feel rejected, maybe you feel frustrated, confused, or maybe even betrayed by God because he hasn't given you or showed up in the time that you thought he should. And you're waiting on God. I don't know what it is that you might be waiting for, what you're hoping for, but I know that waiting on God is one of the most difficult things that we're going to go through in this lifetime. It's one of the most difficult seasons that we're going to have to go through as Christ followers. And, and doesn't this seem to happen? Isn't it the moments that we're waiting on God that we look around? And doesn't it feel like everybody else around us is being blessed by God in our seasons of waiting? Right? That's what happens. Because we're sort of on heightened alert, right? And so we're, we're, we're waiting on, on the blessing, and the blessing doesn't seem to be happening, but everybody else is getting blessed. And so there's these moments we have where we're looking up, we're like, I can almost see the blessing coming. I'm like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, bam! What? Really? That guy? Are, you're kidding me, right? Her? Okay. I see. Okay. Yep. We need to talk about your aim because you missed. <laughs> and I'm ticked. Right? Isn't that what happens? We start feeling like, man, he got the promotion. They got a new house. How much money does he make? Man, good for you. You guys are pregnant. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but good. You got healed, man. We're that's incredible. And then you begin to wonder, why not me? God, what did I do? What 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 makes me so undeserving? What what happened? There's a quote by Lewis B. Smeads. He was a former professor at Fuller Theological Seminary. And he puts it like this. He says, waiting is our destiny. As creatures who cannot by themselves bring about what they hope for, we wait in the darkness for a flame we cannot light. We wait in fear for a happy ending we cannot write. We wait for a not yet that feels like a not ever. Waiting is the hardest work of hope. That's a terrible quote. <laughs> Just is. You know why? Because we know it's true. And if it's true, that means we're going to have seasons where we wait. And waiting is the hardest work of hope. Come on, you guys, we know this, right? I mean, we, we look all throughout the Bible and we see it. In fact, Psalms 37, it says this, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And then he goes on, he says, Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. Psalms 27, 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. I mean, it just, it's, it's all over. We think about uh, some of the pillars of the faith. I think about Abram and Sarai, and here's Abram. He's, he's 75 years old. Begging God to have a son. 24 years later, 24 years, okay? 75 years old, 
God shows up, God goes, okay. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, okay, I'll give you a son. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but yes. 24 years. I mean, there's a lot of jokes right here I could say, and I'm trying not to, okay? 24 years, Isaac's born. It's a lot of waiting. God says, hey, the, uh, the Israelites, you're going to be a great nation. Oh, but by the way, you're going to spend 400 years in bondage and in slavery. 400 years. And then God hears the cries of their hearts. And so God shows up and he works through Moses. He sends, he sends Moses and works through him. And then Moses shows up and, and with God's help, delivers the people out of Egypt. And they're thinking, great. This trip to the promised land should only take, what, 11 days? Oh, no, no, that's going to take 40 years. Got to wait. Got to wait. I think about Jacob. Jacob lays eyes on uh, Rachel, right? And he sees her, and he's like, that's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he has this moment. He's like, you know, like, I mean, he's just, yes. He's like, I want to marry this girl. So what does he do? He goes to his future father-in-law. He says, hey, your daughter, not bad, good job. I'd like to marry her. He goes, okay. You need to work for me for seven years, then you can marry her. What? Waiting, it's all throughout the Bible. It's all throughout the scriptures. I can't prove this theologically, but... Um, so don't email me, but I just I want you to think of it. Think of this, okay? If God is the beginning and is the end, right? He, he's He's always been. He always will be, okay? So we've got the, the God here beginning, and then way over here is the end, and all of this in between is eternity, okay? And there's this little moment right about here where. Uh, where Jesus comes to earth for 33 years, right? It's like a, I mean, it's literally like a little blip, okay? So there's from here to here, I can just imagine Jesus is in heaven with his father. He's going, hey man, dad, can I go? Dad, come on, send me, can I go? Let's do this, they need me, I'm ready. God's like, just wait, just wait. Goes on, goes on, he goes, okay, go. Sends him. Jesus does what he's doing, goes back to heaven, and now we're in this season. And even right now, like, imagine Jesus in heaven going, come on. Come on, Dad. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Why? Because we know. The Bible says only the Father knows the hour. But it's still painful to wait. Why? Why do we wait? Why does God have us in these waiting seasons? I mean, if God can show up and, and, and in a moment take care of the, the thing that we need, why does he make us wait? I, I love what uh, Ben Patterson says. He's an author. He says it this way. He says, what God does in us while we wait is in fact as important as what it is we are waiting for. What God is doing in you and what God is doing in me in our seasons of waiting are just as important as the very thing that we're waiting on. 
from God. But it's still painful. It still hurts. It's still not easy. It's still hard. It, it, it still feels like in these seasons of waiting that it, it seems like it just keeps going on and on. And it feels like we're suffering and suffering and suffering. But both Paul talks about suffering, right? He talks about it in Romans 5. He says, suffering, it, it produces what? Perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And in our seasons of waiting... God is producing these qualities in us. And what that means for you and I is that as we are waiting on the Father, it's not just something we, we have to get through or endure. Waiting is part of the process of becoming who God is designing you and I to be. You see, I believe that waiting is one of God's tools for our development. Now, this is, one of those, um, this is one of those messages that is very personal for me. I, I remember when I was, a, I was a young man, I was 13 years old, when uh, I felt the call on my life to go into full-time ministry. I felt that call in my life. I was 13, and I had one of those moments with God where I was like, well, maybe I can convince God he's got the wrong guy, right? And so what I did is I said, Okay, God, well, that's all good, but if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to do this thing, if I'm going to be a pastor, then I, I want to speak from a place. I never want people to feel like I'm like, preaching at them. I, I, want, I want it to be like I'm going through this with you. I want to be very honest and very vulnerable. I was hoping the response would be, oh, I didn't realize that, JB. In that case, I don't need you. That was not the response I got. So I was like, okay, good, you win. I hear that, okay. And I've been in my own season of waiting. I don't know what season you're in right now, but for me, I feel like there were some things that, that God did in my life and is, is doing in my life, in my season of waiting. There's some actually very specific things for me that God has used in my waiting and I think there's all kinds of different reasons. I don't think it's just these. I think there's, there's, there's a multitude amount of reasons of why God has us wait. And so I don't want you to think if I, as I talk through these, like these are the only reasons. It's not. There's, there's many reasons. But one of them for me was that God was trying to get my attention. My, my waiting season was a season where God was, he was trying to get my attention. I mean, if I'm just being honest, you guys, when life's going really good for me, I have a tendency and I've had a tendency in the past where I just sort of, it's almost like it's easier for me just to kind of, I put God a little bit on the back burner and I do my thing. And then when I need him or it's convenient for me, then I reach out and try to, you know, I'm like, okay, I need God now. And what I've realized is that in my waiting season, that what I was doing is, is I was living my life and I was going through life, and I wasn't aligning my heart and my mind and my soul with the Father. That it was only in moments where I kind of needed him that I would go, okay, God, I'm ready now. Do you want to say something to me? Can you help me? It was very selfish on my part. You see, waiting began to reveal my true motives of the very things that I was waiting on God for. I realized that some of the things that I was waiting on God for were actually very selfish. I, 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 
I could tell people that and, and make people believe that, you know, if I did this or this dream of mine, I could get God to, like, come with me. Like, hey, let's go, God. You and me, and I'll give you some credit, I promise. Once we get there, once I arrive, I'll give you some credit. But my motives were, they just weren't pure. They weren't right. It was very selfish. I think most of us, we, we do have good intentions. We really do. It's, it's sort, of like, um, sort of like when you make a New Year's resolution. The, those are always out of good intentions, right? They always are. I mean, everybody should diet and exercise and eat right. Like, those are good things. But what happens is we make the, the New Year's resolution on, on January 1, and what we think is that on January 2nd, we're going to wake up with abs, all right? And that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, there is a long process that has to take place, right? There's this, there's this, there's this journey, and what I was realizing in my life as I said, God, man, I want your promises. Woo, do I want your promises. Come on, God. I want all the promises that you offer right here. But if I was being honest, I didn't want God's process. I wanted the promises of God, but I didn't want God's process. You see, because it's in the process where God is doing a renewing work. The process is actually, it's beautiful. It's in that moment that God's developing and he's building our character, right? It's in that moment that God is doing something amazing. There's always a purpose to God's process. I realized that the, the waiting for me was, it was for my own protection. Parents, you... Uh, you ever had your kids come and they ask for something or they say they want to go somewhere, right? They show up and they go, man, I, I just, mom, dad, I would really like, I'd really like to start dating. I'd really like um, a new phone. I, I'd really like to go to this party. I'd like to hang out with my friends. I'd like, right? They start asking and the whole time they're asking, you're thinking to yourself, man, I would, I, I would love I would love to give you that or let you do that, but you're just not quite ready. You're just, you're just not quite ready. I need you to, you need to be a little older. I need a little more maturity out of you. Like, I just, I got to see, it just, it's, it's not that it's not, it's not ever, right? It's just not right now. How do our, how do our kids, how do they respond in these moments, right? You know what they do? They do this. Mother, father. Thank you for being the greatest parental supervisors I've ever had, I've ever seen. I am so blessed. So blessed. I'm so grateful. I thank God for you every day. In fact, I was just fasting for you. No! No! How do they respond? What? You are the worst parents ever! I hate you! You, you, Johnny, oh, Johnny, you know what? He gets everything. He's got an iPhone 12. They just bought him a new Tesla. In fact, in fact, they're installing an In-N-Out burger in his bedroom. Right? Like, and you know what you're thinking? I'm going to punch Johnny in the throat. You know what I'm saying? 
and his parents. I'll fight them all. You ever have, now that you're, you know, you get older, remember, remember, remember back in the day when you used to, in a season of life, you would pray for stuff, and you thought, man, I'm just, if this would come true, if God, if you would answer this prayer, oh, my life would be amazing, and then you go through some life, and you kind of forgot about that, but you go through life, and now you're here, and you look back on that, and you're like, Boy, I'm glad that didn't come true. Right? To quote the great theologian, Garth Brooks. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. It's true. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Right? Because what's actually happening, and we don't know it, God is actually answering our prayer. We just don't know it. God goes, I got something better. I got something greater. Man, you don't realize it right now, but man, I got a season of life for you. Woo! What I'm going to do in you and through you, you have no idea. Just wait. Just wait. Waiting is, uh, it's actually drawn me closer and more dependent on him. It's been in my season of waiting where, where God has really drawn me into a deeper relationship with him. You know, we read about all the great men and women of the Bible. And the one thing I'm learning about every single one of them, the, the thing I, that they kind of have in common, is that these are all people that they learn that their accomplishments or, or their successes or their achievements, however you want to call it, all of them were directly proportionate to their closeness and their dependency on God. All of them. You see, we may not always understand the reasons why we have to wait, and there's so many reasons why. But the good news is that God never asked us to wait alone. Ever. We're going to go through this moment in a season, and we're going to wait on God. But God says, I'm not asking you to do this by yourself. I'm in this moment with you. I'm in this season with you. You may not see it right now, but I'm here, and I'm with you. I told you that this, uh, this message has been deeply personal for me. And if I'm being honest, I was debating whether to share this story with you guys. The story of my own kind of season of waiting on God. And I just felt like, you know what? I told God many years ago that I was going to be honest and open. And so about two years ago, I found myself... I found myself in a moment of just feeling lonely, withdrawn, anxious, melancholy, depressed. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. The list could just keep going. And I didn't know what to do because I felt like I was sinking into a black hole. And I'm like, God, this isn't me. I don't understand this. I don't know what to do with this. And it was like, as I looked around my life, when I looked over here, everything was actually really good. I mean, I, I, I've been married to an amazing woman for almost 16 years. She is the most godly woman that I know. She gets up every morning at like 5.30, 6 o'clock. She's in the Word. She's journaling every day. She doesn't miss. I have three incredible kids. 
right? Every parent says that, but mine really are. They're amazing, okay? I have three amazing kids. I, I, I live in a nice house. I live in a cul-de-sac, right? I have good neighbors. Like, I mean, it just, when you look, everything looks good. I, I work at an amazing church, amazing church, what God is doing at this place. I love being able to work uh, under Sean and just with, with the guys and like, I have incredible friendships here and, and, and not just like friendships, but lifelong friendships. But yet I found myself going, I feel so alone and I feel so withdrawn and I'm so depressed and I don't know what to do with it. And then I started questioning my calling. And I started having a moment where I'm going, God, I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. God, pastors aren't supposed to be like this. And so I do what you do. I Google. (laughs) And I went on Google, and I'm like, what do pastors do when they're not pastors? And Google was like, nothing. (laughs) It's like, okay. Apparently, Google is no help. So I was getting ready to take my family on vacation, and uh, we were going to California, and so as we're getting ready to go, I had a friend of mine who challenged me, kind of knew my situation, knew what I was going through, he he challenged me, and he said, JB, why don't you take this opportunity while you're on vacation to seek God? Up here, I was ticked. I'm like, why do I have to go on vacation to try to seek God? Where's God been? And so I packed my kids, packed a car, and we drive to California. We go to Newport Beach, California. And we spend some time there. We, we get there, and we, you know, we unpack the car, and we get loaded in. The next morning, I look over behind the chair, kind of in this corner. I look over, and there's my bag, and I know in my bag is this right here. It's this Bible, and I know it's in there. And I kind of look at it for a moment, and I remember the words of, why don't you seek him while you're on vacation? I'm like, I don't want to seek him right now. So I feel like I got, I got nothing else to do. So I walked over and I grabbed this Bible out of my bag and I walked out onto the patio. And I look and I'm looking out over the ocean and I'm thinking to myself, good place to find God. Because if I'm God, this is where I'm hanging out. It's beautiful. And so I sat down at a table in a patio in Newport Beach. And I just said, God, I don't even know where to start. And I just opened the Bible. Like, I mean, come on, let's be honest, guys. We've all done this. You're like, God, speak to me. First verse I look at, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come on, God, that's me. That's what I'm going through. Where have you been? I've been at Denver. Where have you been? 
I've been there the whole time and how come you haven't shown up? I've been waiting on you, God. Where have you been? You mean to tell me I come all the way to Newport for you to show up and finally answer the cries and the prayers of my heart? Come on, God. I felt the presence of God in that moment more than I ever had in a long time. God just said to me, I just felt it in my heart. He said, JB, I've been waiting on you. (laughs) You see, what I learned in that moment, I didn't know it, I didn't understand it, but what I learned in that moment is that waiting on God is not a passive act. Waiting on God is not sitting back. Waiting on God is you are going to relentlessly pursue him and go after him with everything you got, no matter what you're going through. We're saying, God, I don't know what this season holds for me, but I do know this. I'm going to put my hope and my trust in you. I'm not going to sit back. I'm not going to lose ground. I'm coming for you, God. You better get ready because here I come. And it was in that moment I felt it in my spirit. It was like I came alive. And I said, God, I'm going to pursue you. I'm coming for you. And I feel like just right now, in this place, there are some of you that you just need to hear this, that you have been in a season of waiting. And I want to tell you right now that God sees you. God hears you. God hears the cries of your heart. He sees the tears rolling down your cheeks that nobody sees. And he says, I'm with you. And I see you, son. I see you, daughter. God is in the waiting. Jesus is in our waiting. He's there. He hears you. You may not realize it, but he's there. God may seem silent in your waiting, but I guarantee you this. He is not absent. He's there. Keep on keeping on. Keep pushing. Keep moving. God is our plan A. There is no plan B. We go after him. We pursue him with everything we got. And we give him praise and we give him thanks. So how do we do this? We relentlessly pray. I mean, if you feel like you're praying now, you take it up a level. You go after him with relentless expectancy of what he's going to do in your life. You get in this right here. You get in this. I've actually been frustrated lately because I feel like I can't get this memorized enough. I'm like, I'm not smart enough to get it memorized. I've been digging in and digging in and digging in. You, you remember his faithfulness. You remember all the the miraculous moments and things that he's done in your life. The verse says what? Stand firm. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. We're not losing ground in the waiting. We stand firm and we press in. We move forward. We get ready. We look back to remember the faithfulness. We look back to remember the miracles that he's done in our lives. We look back and go, that's where... He freed me. That's where he saved me. That's where I met her. I met him. We start looking back and we go, those are the moments. And we say, God, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And we give him praise. And we keep praising him. And we keep praising him. And we keep praising him. 
Red Rocks Church, would you stand with me? I was talking with my, uh, my wife this week, and I was telling her about this message, and we were talking about it. And she gave me this verse. And I'm like, well, she's, she loves the Lord, so I'm listening, right? And it's Isaiah 26.3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. I can't imagine anybody living freer in the waiting than being held by God's perfect peace. Freedom. Freedom in the waiting. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for my church family. God, I thank you for every person right now, no matter the season of life they're in. God, I know for many of us right now, we are in a season where it feels like we're waiting on you. And you have felt distant, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus right now in this moment that we feel your presence like never before. God, that you show up and you begin to do a miraculous work in our lives. God, I love the verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, they that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And Father, we need that right now. We need you to carry us. We love you, Father, in your precious name. Amen. Red Rocks Church, let's worship.